0: This is KMTT. The week begins with a shiur by Harav Benjamin a series, weekly series, on a modern responsa of the 20th century, more or less, both the individual and the and the topic. Harav Benjamin Last week we discussed the chuvos. Of a modern writer, Rav Henkin, who was born in America. Today, we will discuss a sefer of shut that was actually written in America, but uh, would we'll go back to the original form. M- many people that we spoke about this year, someone who was born in Europe, Harav Menashe Klein. The name Klein, of course, in Yidd- in Hebrew, in Yiddish, in Yiddish is HaKatan, and very often Rev. Menashe Klein signs his name Menashe HaKatan. Rev. Menashe Klein was born in Ungvar, in the area of Slovakia, in 1925. He grew up learning in his, with his father in the city, as was the custom met He went through the Holocaust in various concentration camps and wound up in America. And it seems to me that his Purpose is to rebuild the community of Ungvar. He received smicha from the Klausenberger Rebbe and began a yeshiva in New York, Yeshiva Beit Arim. He also is a very prolific author. Many, many written, many, many svarim. The volumes of chuvas that we're going to refer to today are called Mishnah Halachos. At least 16 volumes of the Mishnah Halachos have been printed. In 1987 Rav Menashe Klein also began a community of Ungvar in Ramot. He himself spends his time between Borough Park and Ramot. He is a mukhten of the Ger Rebbe and you see in the Chuvas people from all over the world have written to him discussed with him. I know that Eli Wiesel and Rav Klein have a lot in common. According to one message that I wrote, that I read on the internet, they kn- they knew each other from Auschwitz. I heard that they knew each other even from before. I do not know this for a fact, but rumor had it that whenever Eli Wezel was in the same place with. Rabban Menashe Klein, whether it be in Eretz Israel or in New York, Eli Wiesel tried to arrange a learning session with Rabban Menashe Klein. The additional rumor that I heard, which I cannot verify, is that actually the Bet Midrash of Ungvar in Ramot was contributed to by Eli Wiesel from the Nobel Peace Prize uh, award that he that he received a number of years ago. In any case, Rav Menashe Klein certainly is a has a base medrash of Ungvar and tries to recreate the situation in terms of Psa to the idea of learning Torah La laasuke shmeitzah de dehilchasa to learn with an eye toward passing the halacha. We'll discuss some of the questions in two or three of the volumes, of the many volumes that he wrote. One of the interesting points that he made in the introduction to Mishnah Halachos, <laughs> is a discussion about answering telephone, answering shyless on the telephone. Rav Menashe Klein claimed that he has been arguing with people for years, telling them not to ask Shilas on the telephone and not to answer Shylus on the phone. And he thought that it's, a, it's even a dangerous thing. And therefore, in the introduction, Rav Klein gives a whole discussion why he feels that it's bad. One of them is that when the person is there, present in front of the person to whom he is presenting his question, he will be, explain everything in more detail and if necessary, questions can be asked. Some people on the phone who ask questions very often try to do it as quick as possible. They somehow feel pressure talking on the telephone and therefore they might not explain the question as well as they should. Secondly... The person who paskins should also realize that he should not just paskin off the cuff. He should think about it, perhaps consult. For example, he tells a story, of, he quotes the Gemara in Nida that a person came to ask Ravah if you're allowed to have a on Shabbos. And the person said yes. Ravah, of course, answered yes. Afterwards, Ravah started thinking and said, how could it possibly be that a person doesn't know you're allowed to uh brist meal on Shabbos? So then he called him back and he asked him, what was this case exactly? And he explained that the birth actually was on Friday, but it wasn't completed until Shabbos. So he said, oh, that's a case. In such a case, then the bris really should not be Docha Shabbos. So you see that, even when the case comes before you, you have to really check all the details of the question in order to give an accurate p'sak. The Prima garden also said that you should not ask a question today without checking in svarim. And he said because even though people might somehow make fun of you and say, well, he doesn't know, he should answer right away, very often it's something that you should consult your svarim. And in fact, he felt it might be a problem of more halacha b'fnei rabbo to pass him a question without consulting your Rebbe when he's available. So, he really will bring extra arguments to maintain that it's really wrong to Paskin by a telephone. He cites an early source of Agon Rav Henkin who pointed out that it's not a good idea, and for for a number of reasons. Rav Menashe Klein said he pointed out to one person who poskens on the telephone, and he said, perhaps you'll make a mistake, and then you can't even get back to the person. Sometimes the person calls anonymously. So he said, this morah harah said, whatever I say is halacha. Even if today I say one thing, and tomorrow I say another, Somehow he felt their siyata to the and whatever he says is true. Uh, Rav uh, Menashe Klein is very upset about such an approach. approach. He said that no, n- n- a person who makes a mistake should understand it's a mistake, and he quotes Gemaris that people made mistakes. So he said it's really not a, a good idea. Another person said to him, well, when it's on the telephone, so then I'm more machmir than I'm when I'm in person. When I'm in person, I can think about it, discuss it with him, but on the telephone, I'm machmir. So, uh, Rabbi Menashe Klein says that's also not a good approach. The same way you're not allowed to be makil when it's wrong, you're not allowed to be machmir. When, when the halacha is to be, to, to be makil. you're not allowed. And he quotes uh, sources that it's a, it's a seal of a Torah. It's a falsification of Torah to give, to give a, a wrong psak. There are other benefits that Rabbi Menashe points out that are derived from having a requirement that you come before the Morah Horah. Today, especially in communication, forget about Internet and, and other modern methods, but the telephone is so convenient, it's so reasonable today, that it will come out that there won't be More Horah all over the world. Like in in New York, there'll be a few Poskim, and Eric Tisrael will be Poskim, and somebody who lives, let's say, in Cleveland or in Detroit, so they'll call the everybody in in New York. He said, this is bad, because we should encourage people to be more hara. We should have more more hara all over the world. Secondly, this will if we have people all over the world, that will encourage B'nai Torah to live in a city where there are more hara. If they feel that they can always ask everything by telephone, they can move to any community. And this way we'll build more Jewish communities. So, he really felt very strongly that we should tell everybody not to Answer Shilas on the telephone. Now, obviously, Rev. Menashe Klein felt very strongly about this, but I remember from my childhood that Rav Moshe Feinstein did pass in Shilas on the telephone. I remember walking into the base medrish of Tiferet Yushalayim, of MTJ. In those days, there was a base medrash that uh, was a standard base medrash, and somehow on the tel- on the test where Rav Moshe learned, there was a telephone. I had never seen a telephone on the base medrash before. But Rav Moshe apparently... Answered questions direct while he was sitting in the base Medrash learning. He got a phone call and he passed right away. And apparently the issues that Ramanasha Klein raised did not phase him. One of the issues that, uh, was, was raised is when Reb when the Gemara says in the beginning of Shabbos, when Rebbe is learning one mesech, you shouldn't disturb him and ask him a question another Masech, maybe he's not aware of it. But, uh, how can you, you know, passing in a question if you're not involved in that issue. Obviously, it depends upon what type of a shayil it is, what the situation is. Sometimes even the greatest moral row will say he has to think about it. But very often, a person will call and ask you a simple question. Uh, obviously, Rabbi Moshe felt that you could pass on the telephone. So this seems to be an issue that was raised in the 20th century, and we see we have different approaches. Rav Menashe Klein, of course, certainly is associated with the Haredi world. It's interesting, therefore, to notice some of the tshuvas that he has that relate to Yishav Eretz Yisrael. In the eighth volume of, of, um, Mishnah Halachas, in Simon Beis, Rav, Moshe, Rav, Rav Menashe made a, this, a, has a discussion of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael Pazman HaZeh. And there, he quotes a, a discussion of whether there is actually a mitzvah Bizman hazeh. The tshuva relates to the opinion of Reb Chaim Cohen who said that the famous Tosfus in Ksubis that says that there is no, today there is no mitzvah of Yishuv Israel because of the mitzvah at Tlirot Baretz. So he explains that opinion to mean that if you really cannot fulfill the mitzvah of Yishuv Israel, there is no mitzvah of Yishuv Baret Israel. If you cannot fulfill the mitzvah no of Hatlios there is no mitzvah of Yishev of Israel. of Yisrael. The mitzvah of Yishev Yisrael depends upon upon the uh, 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 uh the possibility of fulfilling the mitzvah of Hatlios In the in another volume, in the volume which is labeled Madura Tinyana Cheleke, so he quotes Rav. Klein, quotes a, a chiddish of the Ustrivitzer, who wrote in the Sefer Me, Me'ir Necha Chamim that the mitzvah of Yishav Yisrael is a mitzvah from the time of Avram Avinu. Generally, we think that the mitzvahs of the Torah were given to us at Sinai. Even what it says in Sefer bracious. That are mitzvahs that seem to be given in Sefer Breishis, we generally think they were repeated again, and the and the uh, mitzvahs actually that were are to do are not because of Sefer Breishis, but because of Sefer the, re- the Sfarim that were given to Moshe B'sinai, the Nasina Satora of Halacha at Mamar HaSinai. In fact, there's a very famous Mishnah in in Chulin where the Rambam in the beginning of Get explains that all the mitzvahs that we do, we fulfill because of Moshe's repetition of these mitzvahs. Even the mitzvah of Gid which seems to have been given to Avram to Yaakov Avinu, is obligatory upon us, not because of Yaakov Avinu, because of later statements in Chumash, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe, B'sinai. In this respect, the Ostravtzer seems to say a big chiddish, that it's true that all the mitzvahs of to the Torah we fulfill because of Mamad Sinai, but the mitzvah of Yishav Eretz Yisrael was given to us before that. Interestingly enough, here, the Rav the, of the Ungvar Beis Medrash, the Rav, the Rosh Hashiva Beis suggests something that probably unknowingly Rav Goran developed in his own way. Rav Gorin, in one of his articles, asked why the Rambam did not count the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. In fact, met, many, many, much, much Torah, many articles and books have been written about this particular issue. Why did the Rambam not count the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael in the Minyanah mitzvahs? The suggestion that Rav Gorin made is because the Rambam said there are 613 mitzvahs given to Moshem Sinai. And we, as we saw the Raman and Perishim Perush all the mitzvahs were given to Moshe Sinai But Rav Goran suggested, but there is one Yotzei cloud there's one major exception. And that's the mitzvah of Yishav Eretz Yisrael, which was given to Avraham Avinu, and we have to fulfill that mitzvah because of the Tzivui to Avraham Avinu. And that's why it's not counted among the Minyanai mitzvahs. So here, interestingly enough, we have a meeting between the mind of Rav Menashe Klein and Sheyibad El Chaim Tovim and Rav Shlomo Gorin. The, in the same tshuva, Rav Menashe Klein also points out that the issue of Litgarot Baumot, one of the issues that was raised by certain Haredi people, is that we're not allowed to start up with the other nations. And uh, that's included in the, in the three shvulos that the Satbi Rebbe and others discussed at length. And here, Rabbi Nashe Klein comes up with a big chidish. He said this halacha of Altis Garuba Umos, whether it's halacha itself is questionable. But even if it is halacha, he says that halacha was not said at all in Eretz Israel. It was only said in, in Because, he said the world, out of Eretz Israel really belongs to the non Jews. So therefore, what's theirs should be theirs, and we have no right to take it away from them. And that would be called lit garot, to start up with the nations. However, but in Eretz Israel, it belongs to us. It is our land. And therefore, there's no lit to ba'umot to, to come in and live in Eretz Israel. In another tshuva, that Rav Rav Klein writes, he also emphasizes that this halacha does not apply any longer. The halacha of al doesn't apply to Israel at all. And he says, let's remember, after Hitler there is no reason to even think about a problem of of Littgarot Ba'umot. He, in the volume 8, in the volume 5, in the 5th volume of the Mishnah Lachas, someone wrote to him to discuss is there really a Mitzvah of Eretz Yisrael today? Rav Klein with Bikius quotes all the sources denies some of the allegations of the person who wrote the letter, and he said, rev Menashe Klein says, I don't understand, this is not a new a new phenomena, that Zionists come to live in Eretz Israel. From the time of the Be'es HaMikdash, people tried to come to Eretz Israel, And we know people for, who are mostly nefesh, to come to live in Eretz Israel." He said also that when people lived in Chutzlaritz and had a, a decent life in Chutzlaritz, then perhaps one could argue about going to live in Eretz Israel, perhaps. But he says, After the war, when Hitler and all the minions took B'nai Israel, killed them, more than six million, and some few were the udmutzamei who came from Auschwitz and Buchenwald, etc. They had no place to live. There's no place; uh, could, they couldn't go back to, to Warsaw, to Lodz, to, to Vilna, to Poland, to Hungary. There's nothing. The, the sinas yisrael is so great, so the only possibility was somehow to mingle with the ga'im. So he says it's not better in America. In America, he points out how the amount of assimilation is so great, and therefore, who, why is living in Eretz Israel any problem? And he even quoted the Belzer Rebbe, who talked, who once wrote that if the if the Jews, if the Zionists, will start a state in Israel, so we perhaps should, we should leave Eretz Israel. He said he. Maybe once thought that's true, but today if there if we ran away we escaped, so where can we go? Not to Seinu Akdoshat. The and we know the son of the Belzareba did was saved in Eretz Israel, and he didn't want to leave it afterwards. And the 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 Gerar Rebbe saved the Ger, the Ger Hasidus in Eretz Yisrael. The Chabiner, the Brisker, met tons of tzad, tens of Tzadikim and gaonim came to live in Eretz Yisrael. The Re, the Rebbe of Satmer, even the Satmer Rebbe, when he first came from S- Switzerland, he wanted to come to Eretz Yisrael. So in this respect, we see. Uh, Pro-Zionist feelings. Not uh, obviously, they're not pro the state of Israel. Very much opposed to the state. and Discussing the fact that the state, you know, is a, is a certainly a problem, and etc. etc. Et but the idea of living in earth Israel today is very much endorsed by Rav Menashe Klein. One of the picanti questions that was discussed in the one of in the new in the volume that I just cited in Madura uh, Tanya, Chelakay, he has a tshuva about eating at a shmorkis board. The the people who had a- asked him a question about a gemara that says one should not hold your food in your hand. The Gemara is, is quoted in Derech Eretz Rabbah that a person should not eat kibetsa prusa biyado, And he should not eat food a certain amount in it, holding in his hands. And if he does it, he looks like a, I would translate into English, what I, what I call English, as a fresher. So he said, therefore, how could people eat sandwiches? They put meat or fish or something between two pieces of bread or people who eat pizza or falafel. So how how could it possibly be that they do it? Is it it's called a raftan. Now this Chula is written to a fellow in Lakewood. And he said, it's simple to me that it's wrong. In fact, it's so wrong, 20 or 30 years already, I've been telling boys in my yeshiva that if they would eat pizza, they cannot come to yeshiva. I find no place to be making. And therefore, he has another point. If you can't eat a sandwich, so he says, the people that go to a smorgasbord and walk around there and eat the food, holding the food, he says, that's ochel kekelef. They're eating like dogs. And therefore, it's included in those type of people that are acting improperly. Therefore, he adds, you shouldn't call them to be an aide at the Kedushan. Because those are the type of people that could be Pasolaitis. And I tell, Rav Menashe Klein says the Masada Dushan should be aware that he should not use these people for, 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 for witnesses. He, he quotes a story that he heard, how the Sholom Meshiv once saw a person in the marketplace, and he called him, and he asked him where he lived. He said he lived in Krakow. He said, go, do me a favor, take this letter to the Rav Krakow. And what did it say in this letter that everybody was so shocked? Why did the Sholem Eshev write a letter to Krakow? And the letter said, "I I saw the particular person who's carrying this letter to you. I saw him eating in the shuk, and therefore you should be careful not to count not to count him as an aide in any uh, at any wedding. But there are people, Rav uh, Menashe Klein points out, who explained that today perhaps this halacha doesn't apply and he doesn't cite who it is, he just says one of the achronim say that today it's common. The idea of eating in the marketplace that the Gemara says is improper is referring to a situation where fine people did not do that. It was not considered genteel, it was not considered proper. But today when everyone does it, it's very customary that Rabbanim, Gedolim, walk around at a a, uh, chasana, and uh, and eat at the smorgasbord. Some take plates, some just take the food. So there is a strong uh, reason. Some achronim say that today doesn't apply. Nevertheless, Rav Menashe Klein so says it's totally improper, and therefore he says you should not do it. And not only not do it, but you should not count that person as an aide. A recent question, for me personally involving Rabbi Menashe Klein, is not so new in terms of his letter. Rabbi Menashe Klein wrote a tshuva, and it's very interesting to, to see how he writes tshuvas to many, many different people. Many, many different names and different types of people have asked him questions. You see from the Hasidic world to, to the Zionist world, many, many questions have been addressed him. One of the questions that I found particularly interesting is one of my neighbors, HaRav Yisrael Rosen, the head of Tzomet, in Alon Shvut, discussed with Rav Menashe Klein the idea of recycling um, n- articles, newspapers, which have Divrei Torah in it, or specifically, since Tzomet publishes the Shabbat B'Shabbato, this weekly journal that they give out in shul every Friday night. So he was asked, "Are you? can you have any way of recycling them? I'm sure that Rav Israel Rosen is in favor of arranging a recycling system, perhaps through grama. In the latest issue of Tchumin, which just came out, there's a number of responses to Rav Rosen's question, and Rav Menashe Klein himself has this article printed in Tchumin under his name. Rav Menashe Klein finds no heter whatsoever. Not only does he not find a heter for the the Gil Yonot that come out on, on, that are given out in shuls, he talks about how much pain he has from the fact that so many people today print up pages of Gemara. We know it. so many shiurim today, people give out pages of Gemara, that they Zirax, they have all the sources on the sheets. In today's world, we have the newspapers, including the Haredi newspapers, for sure, the non-Haredi newspapers, like Haaretz, uh, Hamodia uh, is the Haredi newspaper, but they all have Divrei Torah in them. And here he said it's terrible because many people do not keep those uh, pa- pages be in, in Kedusha. And he said there is no heter whatsoever. He also talks about the other problems of people who print all these Divrei Torah in the different Gilionot. He said people read them and Shul when they shouldn't be reading them. It creates a situation where some people bring them the newspapers, they bring them into the toilet, and and then they'll have a divrei Torah in the toilet. And he says that grama would not be any solution, because even if it's grama, it's chai bedinei shemaim, and l'chadchili, you should not do it. So he has no heter whatsoever. But interesting here, he goes against, I would think, even the Haredi newspapers that have divrei Torah unless you assume that whoever has the Haredi newspapers is much more aware, much more sensitive, and certainly will uh, put those newspapers into Keniza. The last question that I'll discuss today is also a question that was written to my relative. One of the more vocal and learned erudite scholars about the issues of women today Professor Harav Yitzchak, Yitzchak, Dove Frimmer, Dov Frimmer, the lawyer in Yerushalayim. So Dov sent Rav Menashe Klein his articles about Minyan Nashim, about having women's prayer groups. Rav Menashe Klein says, first of all, R- Rabbi Frimmer wrote that women are not obligated to feel a bit zibor. I think we should discuss in general what's the obligation of Tfilah for men, and then discuss if that same obligation, whatever it may be, applies to women. But Dove assumed, he, with sources, uh, the Shavos Yaakov, other Shavos that he quoted, that women are not obligated to Tfilah B'Tzibor. In that point, Rav Menashe Klein certainly agrees with him. He said it's not just because it's a Mitzvah Tzayshah Grama, because women are involved in prayer, in tf- archive and tefillah, but he said, a very interesting art- uh, idea, he said that since the idea of tefillah B'tzibor is because that's where your tefillah is more accepted, he said because the shechina is there. So he said the woman is the who, uh, uh, woman who builds her house the way it should be, so the shechina is in her own house. Therefore, when she davens at home, It's the same as davening tefillah betzibur. A very interesting argument. Therefore, he also argues that when women leave their house, and they go to a place together to daven, it's worse. Because the shechina is not there. The shechina is only there in her home, where the kedusha is in her home, or in the shul where there's a minion. But here, this is improper. So, and he argues, him osot this is the opposite of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. Needless to say, the opinion of the, uh, of the Mishnah Alachas, the opinion of Rav, of Rav Menashe Klein, is that something new like this is certainly wrong and should be extremely discouraged. As he says when he sums up the end, the chadash, Chas some lo bezman abayis, lo bezman chazal, lo bezman This was never thought of in the time of the Beis Hamikdash, in the time of Chazal. Therefore, isur gamur umitzva Levatel makil kilosaylo, and this it, it's really asur, and we should do all that we can to prohibit this uh, concept of women's uh, prayer groups. Obviously, this is a source of controversy. Interesting to see how the opinion of the Haredi world, Rav Menashe Klein representing that world, written to Dofrimer, who represents perhaps one of the leaders of dealing with women's issues in, ter- in actual halachic terms with firm halachic sources, can continues in this farim.